prepare your ears for some weird candy. Weird candy. Weird candy. Weird candy. Weird candy. Hey, what's up, my fellow weirdos? Uh, happy Tuesday to you. I uh, hope the butthole of the work week isn't kicking you too hard. Um, man, I just got to say, you, you guys you guys are the best. It is just so awesome, just the outpouring of just love and support. Uh, every week, every week, man, you guys kill it. Ugh. Thank you, thank you, thank you guys so much. You know, uh, you know, it's a blast doing this, but I tell you, I mean, just, just the love I get from you guys, it's just, God, it's, it, it's amazing. It truly is. Um, so, again, thank you guys so much. Much love to you guys. Um, yeah, I... I don't know. I, I guess that's really about it. Uh, fuck it. Let's get weird. In 2002, a movie call, uh, called The Ring was released. It told the story of a girl that had been thrown into a well and then came back as a vengeful spirit that chose her victims via a videotape. Uh, once someone watched the video, they would get a call saying that they would die in seven days. You know, while it did make for some, you know, pretty gory death scenes, you know, as a whole, uh, to me at least, the, the idea was kind of ridiculous, you know. Um, that's why it was kind of mind-blowing and, and honestly just absolutely uh, exciting when I discovered that the film was loosely based on an actual event, The Legend of Okiku. Oh boy, this episode is going to be super fun. Uh, I'm probably worse at speaking uh, Japanese than I am at my uh, 17th century English sailor's, sailor's dialect. <laughs> yeah, a little, little throwback to a previous episode there. <laughs> Excuse me. In one of the legends, Okiku was a beautiful dishwashing servant at Hamiji, Ka Hamiji Castle. Oh, fuck. Uh, a samurai named Aoyama was absolutely smitten by Okiku and tried over and over many times to convince her to be his lover. But she shot down each and every offer. After some time, Aoyama grew impatient and decided that he was going to uh, blackmail her into some, uh, I don't know, uh, shall we say, a uh, sushi kabuki? <laughs> Uh, I love it. Uh, <laughs> uh, in the castle, there were 10 very rare and expensive Dutch plates. Now, Captain Douchebag, uh, he hid one of the plates, and then he summoned Okiku. Once she arrived, he accused her of having broken the dish and then threw out just so she could cover up her crime. Uh, uh, yeah, apparently, uh, fucking up one of those plates was punishable by death. Jesus Christ, wow. Uh, next time my daughter complains about being grounded or something, I'm going to tell her about getting the death penalty for breaking some fucking dishes. You know? <laughs> like, Jesus. Our fair maiden of the tale went to count the dishes. One, two, three, four, five, six, seven, eight, nine. Uh, Eel Dick Aoyama told her that uh, he would overlook her mistake and he would tell the master of the castle that it wasn't Okiku if she would just give him uh, his uh, three-second release, you know? <laughs> I'm guessing Two Pump Johnny was a pretty ugly fucking guy because she told him to fuck himself. Uh, uh, pun intended, I guess. Uh, <laughs> anyway, <laughs> Aoyama flipped the fuck out and ordered his servants to beat her with a wooden sword. Like, damn, if you won't beat me off, then I'll beat you off with a wooden sword. <laughs> Sorry, guys. <laughs> I guess I'm 12. I don't know. <laughs> it's just, it was funny to me. Uh, after a severe beating, he had Okiku tied up and suspended above the castle well, where he repeatedly dunked her in and out of the water, pausing occasionally to beat her himself with the wooden sword. After a while of this, uh, he asked her one more time, just kind of gave her like one last chance you know, to be his little uh, sushi roll, but she refused, so he gave her one more horrific blast from the wooden sword, and then he dropped her body into the well. 
Uh, and you know, it's it's pretty crazy. It, it, this castle like still exists. The well is actually a, like a really famous tourist site. Uh, my uncle Darren lived in Japan for several years, and he's actually visited the castle and the well. Uh, we chatted about the whole legend the other night, and and I'm, and in their culture, this shit is as real as it gets. I mean, it is truly some fucking wild stuff, guys. Like, man. Uh, Anyway, not long after this crazy uh, pinata party, <laughs> Okiku's ghost was seen wandering the, ca- the castle grounds. Night after night, she would rise out of the well, enter her master's house, and search for the missing dish. They would see her looking and hear her counting. One, two, three, four, five, six, seven, eight, nine. And when she would get to nine and she could not find that tenth plate, she would let out a blood-curdling scream straight from the pits of hell. Like, fuck that. Guess what? Uh, yeah, that's her castle now. See ya. <laughs> I'm out. Fuck that shit. Uh, <laughs> uh, legend says that uh, those who only heard part of her count would become very sick. Uh, the unfortunate bastards that heard all the way to uh, nine, they would just die. You know? <laughs> so, like I said, uh, yeah, that, that's her castle now. <laughs> Uh, eventually, the master of Hamaji, uh, oh boy, decided to bring in a priest to exorcise the spirit. He waited in the garden all night, chanting sutras. Yeah, uh, huh. I didn't know there were other sutras besides the, uh, the Kama Sutra. You know what I'm saying? Yeah, what's up? What's up? Uh, no, just me? Uh, anyway, uh, once again, <laughs> Okiku's ghost rose out of the well, searching for the dish. As she finished her count on nine, the priest quickly yelled out, Ten! And the spirit, looking relieved, ascended into the afterlife. Like, seriously? That's it? That's all I had to do? Like, wow. <laughs> That's like, you know, you're possessed and someone just like, nah, you're not possessed anymore. And you're, you're just like, oh, uh, oh okay. You know, I, why didn't I think about that? Like, no, ghost, go home. Get away from me. Yeah. <laughs> it just seems, uh, oh, kind of seems uh, anticlimactic. I don't know. I guess I was looking for a little something bigger at the end of that one there. Uh uh, there, there are quite a few different tellings of the tale, uh, like the the flame, the famous the famous, yeah, the famous play. Uh, oh boy! So, uh, bear with me here, people. Uh, Bancho Asarayashiki, yeah, Bancho Banco 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 Sarayashiki, uh, in which uh, our naughty little samurai there, uh, he tries to, desu- to to seduce her, but she denies him. After pulling his little plate trick, she's so distraught that she throws herself into the well. Uh, so after many nights of her haunting him, Ayoyama goes insane. And honestly, I, I, I kind of like this outcome better. You know, just saying like, the fucking asshole gets a little revenge on him, you know. Uh, <laughs> in another version, Okiku really does break the plate and he's killed and she's then killed by her master and her body thrown into the well. Uh, seems pretty stupid to throw a body that's going to rot and decay into the well you get your drinking water from. But oh, I don't know. Um, maybe they had a, a bunch of wells. Uh, uh, that's just my opinion on it. You know, it just seems like a really fucking, really poor, uh, poor plan. Yeah, I don't know. Uh, in yet another version, it's actually Aoyama's wife that breaks the plate, and then she blames Okiku out of jealousy because you know, Captain uh, Captain Dickwad there is just infatuated with the girl. You know, uh, and see this right here, this right here. This is the perfect example of the wrong way to be, you know? Homegirl is, is jealous because her shrimp dick husband has the hots for another girl. And even though the girl denies him, the wife, like, blames her and not him. Like, 
get the fuck out of here. Like, uh, I, I, I truly believe that, that you ladies should lift each other up in, in any kind of situation like this. You know, uh, the, the guy is the douche canoe in this scenario, not the other girl. Like she's doing right. She's like, nah, nah, get, get lost, you know, kick rocks. But uh, anyway, I'll, I'll get off my soapbox. Uh, you know, it's kind of comfortable. Uh, felt, felt, uh, felt right being up there for a minute. Uh, if you go to uh, Hamiji Castle, ooh, uh, <laughs> their official story is that Okiku was one of Aoyama's servants that overheard him plotting to overthrow his lord. She went back and told her lover, who was a loyal warrior for the master, and then he reported the plot to the master of the castle. After finding out that she was the reason that his plans were averted, uh, he blamed her for losing the plate, and she was tortured, thrown into the well, and, yeah, blah, 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 blah. Uh, you know, you weirdo, you guys should definitely look up some pictures of the castle and the well. It's, in my opinion, it's really friggin' awesome. Like, it's just cool. And, you know, it's it's old, and I don't know. It's still just absolutely amazing, to me, anyway. Uh, the, the legend has been passed down for so long that it even became something that, like, girls would use in new relationships. You know, like, uh, if you ever cheat on me, Okiku will torment you forever. You know? Uh, you know, like I said, uh, it's your castle now. <laughs> no? No? Nobody? Just me? Fine. I'll stop. Jeez. <laughs> uh, <laughs> some of the other stories that have been passed around, uh, they, they tend to vary a little bit, you know? Um, one of them is called A Doubtful Record of the Plate Mansion. Like, fucking stupid-ass name. I don't know. Uh, anyway. In, in this particular version, Okiku worked in the home of minor lord Aoyama. Uh, Aoyama Harama. Harama. Aww. Aww. Uh, that's wrong. I shouldn't do that. <laughs> On January second, sixteen fifty-three. Wow, they're they're actually pretty uh, particular with the with the uh, date on this one. Okiku broke one of the ten precious plates that were the heirloom of the Aoyama clan. Aoyama's wife, she like she was super pissed, and she decided that the only reasonable thing to do was to cut off one of the maid's fingers as payment. You know, specifically the middle finger on her right hand. I mean, shit. Sure, sounds fair to me. I mean, hell, I mean, that, that's why my nickname in school was uh, Six Finger Chris, you know? <laughs> uh, at some point during the night, Oki Okiku was able to, you know, slip out of her restraints and escape her cell where she was being held. And, uh, you know, she decided, and, and man, whew, drama at its best. Uh, she, she decided that losing a finger was not an option. So she threw herself down the well that wasn't down a well that wasn't being used at, at the time. You know, and about fucking time somebody thought about the health effects of a rotting corpse in their drinking water. You know, I'm just saying. Like, you got you gotta think these like, getting rid of a body things through. You know what I'm saying? Uh, <laughs> the rest of the story, you know, on this one, it's pretty much the same. You know, minus the detail that Aoyama's wife was pregnant at the time, uh, and, and when she gave birth, the baby was born missing the middle finger on his right hand. Yeah, I mean, makes sense to me. I mean, someone had to pay for the fucking plate. You know. Right. Uh, some of the other tellings of the legend, they follow kind of pretty much the same plot, although a lot of the time they'll like change the names or even the location. Uh, like uh, there, there's a story called the Plate Mansion of Yushigomi. In this retelling, the samurai's name is Hatori. Ah, I like that one. That one. See, that's not bad. Hatori. I can do that. Like, no problem. Uh, and this, uh, uh, you know, Tori had taken one of his maidens as his mis uh, mistress, which, oddly enough, made his wife uh, a little upset. Like, man, women were so much more sensitive back in the old days. Jeez. <laughs> Get over yourself, wife. What the fuck? <laughs> uh, uh, anyway. Uh, <laughs> oh, man. I love it. Uh, uh, when the mistress broke one of the super fucking awesome, uh, greatest in the world, you know, Un irreplaceable plates. You know? uh, the wife had her locked in a cell with no food, no water, uh, 
just going to let her rot, you know. She, so after several days, uh, Aoyama's wife, or Hattori, excuse me, uh, Hattori's wife went to check on her and found that instead of, like, starving and slowly dying a horrible death, the maiden was actually doing pretty well. So she decided, yeah, fuck it. And, well, she just strangled the girl to death. Like, I mean, it makes sense, you know. You, you know the old saying, come on, guys, you know. Like, why slowly starve someone to death over several torturous days when you can just strangle them today you know like come on we've, we've all heard that right something like that uh, anyway after she was sure that the maiden was dead she had her prepared for burial and placed in a coffin as the men were lowering her into the ground they all heard a banging and screaming coming from the coffin uh, and when they opened it they found that not only was she alive but she was in pretty good shape besides being scared like <laughs> what the fuck man i swear some of these stories are just fucking in Sane. Um, anyway, at, at this point, the wife was like, fuck it. You know, she, she paid four strong men to choke the life out of her once and for all, and then just, you know, throw her body into an unmarked grave. Like, Jesus fucking, ah, this wife was persistent. You know what I'm saying? Like they say persistence pays off, but uh, above and beyond kudos, you know, I mean, you get a plan, you stick to it, you know, you see it through to the end. You know what I'm saying? Uh, <laughs> a few nights later, the wife started complaining that uh, she couldn't hardly swallow and it, that it was almost as if her throat was swelling shut. Surprise, surprise, she died a short time later. Uh, <laughs> shortly after her death, uh, Hattori noticed that four of his strongest warriors uh, had died exactly the same way that his wife had. And it's almost like those are the four men that she had killed a girl. You know what I'm saying? Huh? Yeah. Uh, well, it, it, I don't know. I don't know. To me, it just sounds like some good old fashioned karma, you know. Like I'm just saying, I'm just putting it out there, you know. Elephant in the room. Uh, <laughs> there were several several other variations of the legend. Uh, so many that I, I honestly, I, I honestly feel like we could sit here for two three hours and just tell the story after story after story. But they're all pretty much the same basic idea, you know. Uh, uh, I mean, you just you change some different names or locations and. I mean, I guarantee you guys, we could probably sit here and, and talk about these stories for, I don't know, three hours, 27 minutes, and 42 seconds. But wh why would we do that? I, it's not like I actually read them all and it took me three hours, 27 minutes, and 40... Uh, moving on. Come on. You, you get the idea. Uh, <laughs> we're we're going to fast forward to 1918. A young man named Aikichi Suzuki was visiting Sapporo, Japan. While he was doing some sightseeing, uh, he came across this little shop, and he decided, you know, hey, check it out. As soon as he walked in, he noticed a doll and immediately knew that it would be the perfect gift for his two-year-old sister, Okiku. Oh, shit. Things are getting real now. Yeah, a little girl named Okiku. Uh-huh. Yep. So, yeah. Uh, <laughs> anyway, the doll was around 16 inches tall, dressed in a traditional kimono, and had shoulder-length black hair. With jet black eyes. Oh, that's so fucking creepy. You guys gotta look up pictures of this. Uh, uh, anyway, uh, as soon as uh, as soon as his little he, he bought this for his, his little sister, as soon as she saw the doll, she became infatuated with it. Like the doll became her constant companion. So much so that like the doll, which she named after herself, because that's not fucking creepy, uh, was literally never out of her sight. She never never like did anything without that doll being right there with her. Uh, the following year, Okiku fell ill with a high fever, and she died at the age of three. Which, I mean, that's really fucking sad. I hate that. Uh, I hate it when things happen to the kids. We've talked about this. Come on. I, I need to, we need to, I need to pick some better stories. I mean, that's it. 
you know, no more bad shit happening to kids. Yeah. <laughs> uh, originally, the family planned to bury her favorite doll with her, but at the last minute, they decided that they would keep the doll and put it uh, put it on a shrine in the home to remember their daughter by. Like, <laughs> man, Japanese culture is so fucking weird. I am not even joking. It's, I mean, I, uh, it's just that's so weird to me. <laughs> uh, you know, at, at first, all was well. The the family would pay homage to the memory of their daughter. You know, sometimes with laughter, talking about the silly things she used to do, and you know, other times with, with tears from the pain of of losing their their baby girl. Uh, after some time, the family noticed that the hair on Okiku was noticeably longer. After taking some measurements, the hair had actually grown from the original roughly six inches to around eleven inches long. Following the culture of early 1900s Japan, the family decided that the uh, spirit of their daughter had somehow attached itself to the doll. So, I mean, shit, it makes perfect sense to me, right? Like, I mean, what else could it be? Uh, get the fuck out of here, you... Oh, oh so fucking weird. Uh, the, the hair seems to grow uh, all the way down to around the doll's knees. And, and like, it's weird, because, like, different strands are at different lengths, you know? It, it like, grows it. I don't know, it's really strange. Uh, the family kept the doll on the altar for almost 20 years until they decided to move. After some thought, the Suzuki family chose not to take the doll with them. And, and I mean, I get it, you know? Uh, I think 23 is a pretty common age for kids to move out of their parents' house. You know what I'm saying? Like, <laughs> no? Come on, the, the daughter's spirit in the doll, 23, come on, you, you get it. <laughs> what the fuck? <laughs> uh, knowing that they weren't taking Okiku with them, but not being able to just throw the doll out, they did the only thing that they could. Uh, they took it to a sacred temple in, oh boy, oh fuck, Ayawimazawa, Hokkaido, Japan. Holy fuck. Oh, why couldn't they have taken it to, you know, I, fuck, I don't know, like Salem or S Smithtown, you know? No, it had to be fucking Iwamazawa? Iwamazawa? Ah, shit. Boy, that's rough. Sorry. Sorry out there for uh, anybody who actually knows how to pronounce these words. Uh, <laughs> oh, awkward. Uh, the family contacted uh, a monk from Menenjai Temple. Ha! Nailed that one. <laughs> Menenjai. It's probably not right, but I don't know. Sounds good to me. After explaining that the um, uh, after explaining the uh, unusual qualities of Okiku, I guess we'll call them. I don't know. Sounds good to me. Um, uh, the monk agreed to keep the doll and take care of it. The, the doll was placed in a small wooden box without a lid, and then the box was placed on its own altar inside of the sacred temple, where it still, you know, like quote, like lives today. Uh, no matter how many times the hair has been trimmed over the years, it always grows back until it reaches her knees. Uh, it, it's fucking insane. You have to check out pictures. Okiku. O-K-I-K-U. I'm telling you. Oh, my God. Um, according to the monks, they had some samples sent out to be tested, and uh, it, 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 the results confirmed that the hair is, in fact, human fucking hair. I mean, you guys have to see, like, I mean, to me, like, dolls are inherently creepy anyway, but, like, when you see this thing with, like, the different hair lengths at different times and those black fucking eyes and uh, I, it, it's it's really weird. I mean, just, just Google Okiku, the haunted doll. O-K-I-K-U, the haunted doll. And, like, man, there, there's... There's videos, pictures, like, uh, you know, uh, the videos are, are, they're mostly just the pictures, and then they kind of, like, tell the story over the pictures. So, I mean, it's up to you. Uh, to this day, Okiku is one of the most famous dolls in Japan, and it usually has thousands and thousands of visitors every year. The, the doll became so famous that it actually revived the original tale and has spawned dozens of new plays. 
you know, and, and of course, each one of these new plays, you know, they they take it to all new levels of nope. I mean, ugh, they like some of them will add like the doll having these creepy little fucking laughs, or or like you know, someone will be doing something on the look up and the doll's gone, and, and, you know, and, and then they'll hear like the little patter of its little creepy fucking doll feet. Ah, shit's ah. I don't know. Whether this shit is real or not, I mean, honestly, it's anybody's guess. Uh, maybe the whole story was made up just to draw more people to visit the temple. And maybe even donate a couple yen, you know what I'm saying? You know, Or maybe there really is more than meets the eye when, when dealing with the idea of lost spirits sticking around and manipulating uh, you know, once cherished items. What I do know is that I'm pretty sure that 12 is a completely reasonable age to get rid of all of my daughter's dolls, right? I mean, you guys, you guys are with me, right? Come on. <laughs> Remember, an open mind leads to endless possibilities. Join us next time for another piece of weird candy.